Welcome back to the Roaring Glory podcast. That sounds like you were uh, World War II. It does. It sounds weird in our Radio. Ears. Surprise. Surprise. You don't drink caffeine. Mm. I didn't drink my greens this morning. It's probably the Baconator, too. Oh, breakfast Baconator from Wendy's. If they sponsored us, I'm okay. <laughs> we get free Baconators. <laughs> I don't think Wendy's would be interested in sponsoring the Glory Podcast. Probably not. Um, but I would probably be okay with that, too. But, the, you know... We can sit down at a nice breakfast place and eat, but it's just really hard to beat a breakfast baconator. <laughs> what was the other one I said? Ch- Chick-fil-A. It's hard to beat Chick-fil-A's breakfast. Yeah. See, that's the only thing. I prefer the chicken, egg, and cheese biscuit over, well, just about everything. I mean, I I literally yeah. eat, would eat that three times a day. I got to witness somebody eating Chick-fil-A breakfast for the first time. And it was like watching a baby be born. It was <laughs> quite joy and euphoria that swept over the moment. It was great. That's awesome. Although this weird person, I hope that they listen to this, uh, put jelly on it. Ugh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand this. So that a, it was a chicken biscuit? Yeah, and they put jelly on it. Why you? you when? Uh, when do you ever put jelly on a piece of chicken? You don't. That's weird. You don't do that. I hear that that is a thing in no. the South. I hear that. Those Southerners. Because I also had breakfast with this person one time where we had biscuits and gravy, and guess what went into the biscuits and gravy? Don't. Jelly. Don't, dang it. No, no, no. Syrup. What? Syrup. Syrup in the biscuits and gravy? Yeah, it was syrup. I. I feel like... Okay, this is what I've always thought about Southerners, and this is not... I don't know how long this is going to go. Yeah, let's characterize and generalize. Uh, <laughs> that's a problem that our society is trying to tackle right now. Um, so we can do it. I've always thought that Southerners were very purists on their foods. You know what I mean? Like biscuits and gravy, biscuits and gravy, period. If you mess with that, you're a Yankee. I don't know. I'm starting to learn that they really like the sweetness. You know, uh, the sweet tea. The So they're like an elf. Yeah, the... Yeah, the sweet, you know, syrup, corn, what is it? Candy corns, sweet corn, candy canes, syrup, and syrup. Put it on anything. That's weird. Ah, uh, yeah, I, I just can't. That's too much, too much sweetness. I can't. Whew. Yeah, there's our surprise right there, everybody. We're talking about yep. food. We're looking to become a culinary podcast for. All you culinary experts. All the culinary people. Yeah. No, our real surprise is that this is actually the last podcast of season two. If I had sound effects, I would do wah, wah, wah. But we're kind of uh, glad here because we're turning a page. Kind of, yes. These first two seasons have been uh, kind of trying to figure out how we're going to best benefit people that choose to listen to this, specifically yeah. the church. Yeah. 
And so the for the first two years, we tried to tackle things that we thought, uh, I hate to use the word relevant, but things that were pressing, things that the church was thinking about and all that sort of stuff. But yep. we're going to switch gears. I think we are found our identity. I think we were born. I think we, you know, uh, were teenagers, and we kind of explored <laughs> different avenues. Where's yeah. my life going to be? What's going to be about? Yeah. And I think finally we've graduated college and we're going to get a real job. <laughs> season three. Season three is our real job. Mm. I like it. I like it. So in season three, here it is. We're thinking about, we're probably going to do, this is what's coming. <laughs> we're going to read a book and <laughs> talk about the book. Yeah, but don't worry. We're not going to read it out loud to no, you. No, we wouldn't do that to you. You can go to Audible or something like that. Right. To- Right, we're we're no audible worthy. We're going to read it amongst ourselves, and then come to you, and uh, and kind of break down what each chapter is about. It's kind of a audio cliff notes podcast yeah. for theology books. Yeah, yeah, highlighting the main points, ideas, and theologies, possibly doctrines of the books that we're reading that maybe you don't have time to, or don't want to, or have felt overwhelmed by. Uh, we're going to take that task upon ourselves to uh, break that down for you and give you an overview of what's happening. And, and we think that this will be very helpful. I know we've both been helped by great books. Yeah. So we want to help you be helped by great books. A lot of pastors or theologians will often refer to their books as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that, and it's a good thing to say. Because that's what they are. They're not the Word of God, but right. they're friends that kind of help us see and explain some things that we need help with. And so I think I've always thought it's really important for the church to get help with from some of these friends. Yeah. Um, and I understand also there's there's some hurdles um, to get over to, to get into some of these books. And so all we want to do is kind of bring that sort of uh, deep dive into theology, a study of God yeah. uh, with these friends to you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it may encourage you to try and get into some of these works, or it, or it may just be helpful in and of itself. Okay, I always hear them, you know, people talk about uh, the Institutes by Calvin, and, you know, I'm, I'm really probably not going to get into that, yeah. but I'm interested in yeah. what's going on there. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That's the one book that I was thinking about whenever we were pondering this direction. Is like if 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 someone was going to do a a study or a dive or an overview into a book and it was Calvin's Institutes, I would be very interested because that's a book. It's a big book. Yeah. It's a big book. It's a hard book. It's not a book I have I have enough time to really understand. Yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of our idea. And that's mainly motivated because we see that that more knowledge of God, knowledge that comes directly from his word, helps us to see and to hear him better. Mm-hmm. And the more we see and hear him better, um, the more we will fall in love with him. So if so if if you know of somebody who's <laughs> Uh, reading these theology books and stuff and is not captivated or filled with zeal or, or mm. driven to a new depth of devotion to their Lord, they're either not reading the right books, they're either putting those books above the Bible, yeah. or they're not 
interested in knowing God. They're more interested in knowing about God. Yeah. And we're doing this, go, undertaking this new endeavor to help you know God, period. Yeah. And we're going to get the help of these friends. Yep. And all of this is going to be to help better understand and explain the things of Scripture and the connections that it makes with itself. Yeah. So we've been posting some things on Instagram each week, and a lot of that has been quotes. Um, some of the quotes that I've given to post have been from John Owen, who is a 16th or 17th century reformer or Puritan. And uh, so these his writings are a little bit more difficult to understand, but they're so helpful. And they have led, just a personal testimony, they've led me to see the glory of Christ more clearly. And uh, when I go to Scripture, be in in awe, be more in awe of who Jesus is. So these are the types of things, like Dakota has said, that we want to help you uh, be helped by our friends in the books to see Christ and to savor Christ, as John Piper would say. Yeah. So we definitely want to dive into these, help everybody. Yep. Because there's a lot out there, and we miss it. You know, we mm-hmm. there's some things that we don't even attempt to understand about Scripture that people have undergone um, great links to to understand and help us with, and so we should be hearing from them. Yeah. Here's a book that uh, we've mentioned before, but Simply Trinity. This yeah. is this is a topic in the church that most people don't understand, and uh, Dr. Matthew Barrett has written a book to help us understand that, but that may not be a book that people, you know, they look at the title and they say, Simply Trinity. The Trinity's not that simple. So I'm probably not going to pick that one up. <laughs> but it's a book that would be incredibly helpful to those in the church. So, Or they might not even know about the old books. Older books, yeah. 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 That's funny. Rachel and I were talking about... Well, there's a C.S. Lewis quote where he... It's like a preface to a book or something. He says that we should be reading old books because old books have been proven by time and criticism. Mm-hmm. So that we need to read... Old authors, so Augustine and Irenaeus and Athanasius and Anselm and and then up to Calvin and Luther and the Puritans like Owen and Bunyan and on and on and on. And this may also help give you better um, direction on discerning, you know, truth and error when it comes to these people that help us understand the Bible. So yeah. uh, everything that we read, we're not going to agree with. Um but that's okay. We can find something helpful from them, and we yeah. can learn better why we don't agree and deepen our understanding of our viewpoint on a matter of Scripture. So there's just so much goodness out there. We want to we wanna be a part of giving that to you. Yeah. Um, but all this in light of this is about understanding the Word. Yes. It's not about... Yeah. It's not about uh, idolizing these books. Right. We're not uh, desiring knowledge for knowledge's sake. Yeah. If if you... We were talking about that Wednesday morning as we walked into class about just knowing God and not really loving Him or, or loving the knowledge of God but not really loving God. So that's not... We would never want to bring this to you as just to love the knowledge just for knowledge's sake. We want to bring it to you so that you know, so that you can love God more. If we don't help you see Christ more clear, more magnified, 
then either we've failed or you're you're listening for the wrong reason. Mm. But that's the goal. Yeah. Um, and I think these great authors and theologians and pastors and Christians of times past, the, the great ones have lasted because they've done that. Yeah. Otherwise, it'll hopefully, our stuff will pass away if it doesn't point to Christ. Yeah. Get rid of it. And I think there's there's something to say in that direction too because today's culture is, is evangelical culture, I should say, is so about um, emotion, emotionalism, like, well, that's very academic and very heady and you don't have the spirits. You yeah. don't really... You don't really love God. It's you're just. So, what would you say to that in in terms of why you know why are we doing this? Why are we getting into these heavier books? I mean, you've already kind of mentioned it, but pointing to Christ, like this is not. We don't study these books or read these books to be heady. They are helping us to understand so that we have a spirit that loves Jesus. It's, I'm. I'm trying to go a certain direction. You need to interpret for me right now. Yeah, let me break down Andy's <laughs> Andy's Andy's rambles. Uh, that could be another podcast. That would be a spinoff podcast. <laughs> uh, theology is is the study of of God, knowing God, and if and if God is by definition, you know, the all knowing, perfect, holy all-powerful, eternal being, then we need all the help we can get in investigating um, someone like that. Yeah. Now, we start with our Bibles, yep. and we're left with, we should be left with questions. And the more widely we read our Bibles, we should see connections or see apparent, um, um, apparent contradictions that aren't really contradictions. They're actually deeper connections. Mm. For instance, um, in Matthew 2, when Jesus has been born and Herod hears the prophecy about the Messiah who's going to be born from Bethlehem and that the stars pointed to that Mm -hmm. and the wise men were saying, "This this is probably happening. Uh, due to prophecy and everything. Uh, He gets very concerned um, for his own legacy, his own power, so then he, you know, creates an order to kill off all the uh, male children under two. And that, uh, and then there is a reference there in Matthew 2 to, I believe, Jeremiah 31. Um, A voice... Uh, was weeping, great lamentation was heard, Rachel weeping for her children, mm. something like that. Well, I did not for a long time understand what the reference is there. Like, why is Matthew just quoting a prophecy that says people are going to be, you know, really uh, distraught and broken over something like this? What's, yeah, that's obvious. They're going to be if yeah, <laughs> someone yeah. kills your children. Uh, but after getting help from some friends who have studied this centuries before me and have worked with other friends in studying this, you know, you come to find exactly why that connection is made, why Matthew makes that reference there. And your, your theology is 
deepened. Yes. Your love of God, your understanding of God, your dependence, your trust on God is deepened. And that was the process through which it came. And so there's never been a time um, after the apostles finished the New Testament, there's never been a time when there hasn't been those who helped to clarify and understand the things of Scripture. Yeah. And they've done it through writing. They've done it through preaching. I mean, you can go all the way back to Ezra uh, when when Israel is coming back from exile and they find the book of the law again and they spend, you know, all day explaining this Mm -hmm. thing, giving it sense. Yeah, he studied it and explained it. That was his life school. Yeah, and, and theology is part of being a tree planted by the river, growing your re- roots deeper and deeper, so that wow. when hard questions come your way, inevitably as a Christian they will, you're able to point people to Christ by using his word that you have gained a better understanding because someone with other wisdom that you might have not had otherwise has yep. imparted on you. So... so uh, the the Bible, the Scripture was written in an original language, Hebrew in the Old Testament, Greek in the New Testament, and I and most people in Western civilization do not know even a second language, let alone an ancient Greek or Hebrew language. But there are men who have studied this already and studied the original languages and are pointing things out in the Hebrew or in the Greek and how those correlate. And these are things that. You're not going to know simply by studying the Bible. You just can't because you you have to have an understanding of the original language to to see some of those connections. But the Lord has given us also the ability to study the original language if if He's given us the time. But then also men who have already done that and and helped for us to see, like Dakota was saying, this connection between an old and New Testament and the old and the New Covenant and things that God has done for what He was going to do later and is now receiving the glory from yeah or should be from from his creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the goal. Uh we don't want to do anything other than that. So if it starts uh becoming an intellectual exercise, we're not even interested in that. So I don't think it'll no do that, but you know, there is a there is a danger there. There there was even a greater danger, I think, even when we were even younger than we are now, just to investigate those things. But I don't know. If you want to know God, then your study of theology will do that for you. If yeah. you want just to know things, yeah, then that's all you're going to get. But yeah. if you want something more than that, you know, it's kind of like if people go to seminary, if you're going to seminary to get the degree, yeah. you're not getting your money's worth. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we see a danger in this. I don't know why, but for some reason I'm seeing it more and more. There's this like it's one extreme or the other. Either you totally reject theology and you just want this emotionalism or you're almost so captivated by theology that that's all you care about. And I think that there's a danger in that. And I've had someone tell me someone who I don't agree with on a lot of things but he said to me that people who read the things that I constantly am reading now were mean those were the meanest people he'd ever met and 
if I got the chance to say to him today, I would tell him, those are probably people who don't love Christ. They yeah. love the knowledge that they receive from the theology that they read. So if you're reading this theology and and you're not, like Dakota said, falling deeper in love with Jesus, then you're missing the point, most likely, of the author um, and not reading it for what they're trying to direct you to. Because our point and their point, most of the time, is to point you to a deeper love of Jesus. And it's really subtle. It can happen really easy. Mm. Um, you know, if you find yourself desiring more... Um, knowledge instead of being humbled by the magnificence of Christ, that's a sign. It's a sign you might not always recognize. Yeah. So, yeah, we just want to put those disclaimers out there before we do this, that we're not doing it just because we like to talk about these things. (laughs) We do enjoy books. But we enjoy them for the specific right. reason that they who they explain to us. Right, right. I mean, that was such a good baconator. <laughs> Are you still sweating? It's hot in here. It's getting <laughs> hot again. Yeah. No, I. I don't know. I do also want to say, like, there are some books that you can enjoy just for the uh-huh. book's sake. Yeah. It it doesn't. You don't have to only read yeah. theology ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would advise against that, actually, because yeah. you're going to get burned out. But um, definitely, if you're reading theology, then then it should be for Christ's sake and not your Plus, own. Plus, what what is more appropriate in our culture, in our cultural setting, than to guard your mind against the things that uh, try and take it captive? You're called to take every thought captive. And I think if we engage the way that the culture is telling us to engage with information, um, then we're in danger. But if we're engaging in a way that uh, feeds our minds and our thoughts, helps us meditate, which means to think on or um, uh, rehearse a, a thought uh, from something that you've read, that's a way to protect your mind against the schemes of the evil one and things that take it captive. I mean, we just had a Sunday school class on the gospel in your mind. And, uh, you know, we were just simply reminded to think on things that are pure and righteous and holy from Philippians 4 to, um, uh, you know, take every thought captive, Romans 12, and to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And then how do you love God with your mind? Do you think about God? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. It's kind of like your significant other. Uh, you know, what what love you're showing them if they're the one the one who captivates your thought life. And mm. uh, you know, and no one else does like that. Yeah. So our whole being is is created and used to love God and so hopefully we can help in that. Train the mind up to so um, we're still kind of going through the process of deciding what books we will be looking at. If if you all have books in mind immediately that you've wanted to tackle but uh, haven't had the time or were a little concerned about whether you were able to tackle them, maybe we can help with that. Um, we would love to receive some suggestions. 
if we receive any suggestions, we might even send you a T-shirt. <laughs> so yeah, we just send stuff. I even promised fountain pens one time, and nobody and nobody took, took you me up on it. That's crazy. I was like, dang, I would. I almost took you up on it well, myself. They're there. Give me a fountain pen. Okay. So yeah, uh, info at roaringglory.com. You can email us if you know us personally. Shoot us a text. Yep. Um, you can find us active on uh, social media via Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, send us a message. At Roaring Glory. Tag us in a post. Anything, Anything. you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Write us a letter. Not in pencil, though. No. Dakota would not be happy. Like, this is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to be the one to respond to that. Because if I even found it, it might be in the garbage. I had to use a pencil the other night and... I about threw up. <laughs> I thought, this is, ugh, I can't even do it. <laughs> so I just, I just scribbled it really hard to grind down the lead. What so do you do when you play awesome. golf? Somebody else writes it. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You know, that's a little easier because golf kind of cancels out the pencil. I use the pencil for like one second when I get back in the cart. <laughs> Or I just don't write a score at all. <laughs> it's not really that worth would it. Benefit the, me the most. Yeah, I don't know what the point would be. Oh man. So anyway, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, we we really enjoy doing this. It's I think it's benefited. I can say for myself, this podcast has helped me. Um, what we've talked about, listening to Dakota talk, and then studying. We've studied, but I think I'm really excited for next season. Looking into some books, I think that'll be. I'll be benefited by it. I hope other people are as well. Yeah, yeah, expect, uh, and, you know, it'll be pretty organized that you can follow along with us uh, in the book if you decide to, to get the book that we're going to do. And yeah, I think we'll try and move at a decent pace so that we don't spend 50 episodes on one book. You nope. know, we'll take, we'll, we'll give you what you need from each book and move on. Yeah, at that pace, that would be like three or four seasons. Yeah, that would be off on one book. <laughs> So expect this in bite-sized formats. You know, we we uh, are yeah. also humans. Yeah. So we know how you want to consume things. Yeah. But that would be awesome if you got the book. That'd be cool. And we can maybe do something online. Maybe on, on Instagram we'll post what we're reading and what chapters we're going to be looking at in, in episodes. Yeah. To help people and out. even probably, you know, give away that book. <laughs> probably. I love it. You can give away your your copy. Mine has to go in the library, so... Yeah, but we're not changing uh, the name or anything of this. We're just doing a different thing. Right. No, no name change. If we did, it would it would be actually this is kind of a fulfillment of the name because these friends in these books are helping to roar the glory. Right. Yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. Is help to roar the. We glory. may even come out with a little tiny tagline next season, like "Roaring Glory," bringing theology from the text book to you i don't know <laughs> it needs to be catchier yeah theology for you <laughs> there you go that's not bad i like that theology for the church for the church that's that one's already taken yeah. theology <laughs> know it, know it. <laughs> we're gonna spitball we'll be back with a real tagline yeah yeah we will good talk all right, we'll, we'll talk soon. Yes. See you season three. We love you.